0: We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey... Whether you are um, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part.
1: So good to see uh, all of you here today. And uh, we say Happy Father's Day to all the dads that are out there. We have a gift for you in the back. Some of you, I see, already have gotten it there. And... Uh, And so we appreciate all our dads. Can we let them know how much we appreciate them today? And I always like to say this uh, uh, on this day every day. You may not have had an awesome experience in regards to dad. I want you to know if that is the case for you, you have a father who is in heaven, okay? And he loves you. He cares for you. He gave his life for you. So that you could have new life today. Amen. We're going to be looking in uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. And uh, I've been doing a series all summer here uh, called Dream Again, Dream Anew, uh, Dream Renewed. Uh, trying to encompass the, the thought that, uh, you know, we don't give up because God doesn't give up on us. And, uh, and so we want to, uh, and He has plans and purposes for our life. And uh, and as uh, today and next Sunday, I finish up my uh, time here as a uh, speaking as a lead pastor. Uh, uh, we will be. Uh, I am going to a theme that uh, I have used many times in my ministry. I, I began looking back on it, and there are three things that uh, I think uh, kind of stand out are uh, things that I kept repeating over and over because they were stirring my heart. Number one thing I wanted everybody to understand is that our call is to be like Jesus. That's a lifetime call too. <laughs> I'm, I, I know twenty years ago, I'm not where I was, and I'm not yet what I will be. But my desire is to be like Christ, and then uh, to have a love at last sight. Uh, in our most important relationships, uh, we want to have that love at last sight. That uh, for uh, in our marriages, with our families, whatever it may be, we want uh, our church family. We want to have that kind of love. And then uh, I have used this uh, phrase many times uh, um, that uh, a call for all of us to finish well. We want to finish well in everything that we do. We want to finish well, especially in regards to our relationship with Christ and, uh, and that moment in time when we see him face to face. So I want to uh, go to, a, a, a as we talk about this, this week and next week, I want to go to um, this dream of finishing well. Uh, Go to, uh, I think I already mentioned it, it's Luke 18, uh, beginning in verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 1. And Jesus is telling the story of a widow who is very persistent. It says, one day Jesus told the disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. I could walk down now, but I got a lot more to say. Okay. (laughs) Always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said. "...who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, "'Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy.' The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, "'I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to go see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request.' Then the Lord said, "'Learn a lesson from the unjust judge.' Uh, even he rendered a just decision in the end so don't you think god will surely give justice to his chosen people and cry out to who cry out to him day and night will he not grant justice to them quickly but may he may when the son of man returns will he find on earth those who have that kind of faith the story of jesus is a picture ultimately of perseverance persistence not giving up not quitting. And, and this is a theme that runs throughout the uh, entire scripture and especially throughout the entire new covenant. So if you don't mind, let's take a little, it's all right to read the Bible in church. Okay. Uh, That's actually what we're here to do, uh, because the Word of God uh, brings hearing, brings faith uh, to us and transformation to us. So I just want to do, I've done this before, just a little journey here. We'll begin in Galatians 6 and ultimately end in 2 Timothy 4, 7. So if we could just go through these verses, it says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't, what? Give uh, we will reach at the right time. And I've been encouraging, uh, trying to encourage us in here. There's a, for people who in a, maybe in a place where things aren't going and are not moving like you hope they would or thought they would. I believe there is a right time moment coming for you. Just don't give up. James says this. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Everybody said, amen. Yes. Um, but afterwards... They will receive the crown of life, a crown of righteousness that God has promised to those who love him. That's a great imperative to not give up. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, run but only one gets the prize? How should we run? We run as in such a way as to get the prize. What does that mean? We run with all that we have. All that we have and all that we are. In verse 13, in Philippians 4.13, he says, For I can do everything, all things, through Christ, who gives me the strength. All right? He is the one. So hopefully these verses are encouraging us as we continue to go through this. All right? And he said, Jesus looked at them intently in Matthew 19.26, and he said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. All things possible are possible. Paul said to Timothy as he was going about to go into eternity, about to he would be beheaded for his faith in Jesus Christ, he said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And we know that that verse goes on to continue to say, and there is now prepared for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord himself will give to me. Oh, it won't be a surrogate when we get to heaven. Every one of us will <laughs> have time for Jesus to be able to, uh, uh, to uh, crown us with, uh, with that at, at the end of our journey. And, and so this encourages us to finish, to have a mindset that wants to finish well. It encourages us to, to uh, in our lives, think long-term with the decisions and choices in our life. Anybody ever made a short-term decision financially that wasn't good? All right. It wound up being a long-term pain, right? <laughs> so we, we want to, in our spiritual lives, uh, we want to have that kind of uh, mindset as well because ultimately at the end of this journey, we have one goal and that is to be in the presence of Jesus Christ, the one who saved us from our sins and gave us new life and to hear these words spoken by him to us, well done, good and faithful servant. So we must, in these times and in any times, we must stay diligent and persistent. In, uh, in our pursuit to be like Jesus, I say it often that we are in the midst of a worldwide revival. You see, you know, uh, with social media, you're able to see the reports of things that are taking place. You know, I've shared with you so many times how the Iranian church is the fastest growing church in the world. And we see all these different things taking place. And, and, uh, but we also know that when there is great revival and great renewal, there is also great persecution as well. So that's why I encourage you. If you're not following, uh, if this could be my lasting gift to you, make sure you're following places like Open Doors and 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 uh, and other mission organizations, so you can see what is taking place in the world, so that you can uh, follow those things and be able to pray and intercede for that. Uh, just this past week, I read that uh, our brother, you know, in in, uh, in Nigeria, over the last, let me make sure I get this right, over the last four months. 1,470 believers have been killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. All right? So we see great revival, but we also see great pre- persecution taking uh, place in our world. So we must stay diligent. And we must continue to follow Jesus. We must continue to strive to be like Jesus. And, uh, and today we see, it's no different than any other time, but there are people who walk away from the way, capital W-A-Y. That's actually one of the terms that was used of the early church. They were followers of the way. So I don't want to be in the way. I want to be in the way, okay? (laughs) That was good. Somebody should wrote that down. Okay, Uh, and and here's the thing. This kind of walking away, it happened to Jesus while he was teaching. In John chapter six and verse 66, uh, we see this passage of scripture here. And it says, from this time forward, many of his casual acquaintances, disciples, many of his disciples turn back and no longer follow them. Turn back and no longer follow them. And you know what Jesus did? He chased them all down. No, he didn't. All right. He asked the disciples in chapter six. uh, After that, he asked the disciples. He said, will you leave as well? And this is where Peter made his declaration in chapter 6 and verse 68 he said time and Peter said lord to whom shall we go you alone have the words of life uh, I, I, I notice these things taking place, and, and uh, with social media especially, I think a lot of times uh, people, uh, people find them, you know, sin brings confusion, and uh, other things bring confusion uh, into our lives. And, and I, I think there is, when you make those declarations on social media, there's a dopamine effect that comes, and whether you are attacked, you enjoy that, or whether you are celebrated, you enjoy that. Uh, and and it, 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 it helps to continue to keep us from going where uh, we need to be uh, in our life in following Jesus Christ. So we have to make a decision just like Peter. What will we do? I will follow you because you alone have the words of life. Ultimately, Jesus, you are the one who has the words of life of eternal life uh, as well. So we want to cling on to him. And I have noticed this as well. I don't know how many of you have seen what I'm talking about taking place, but it seems that people who have walked away from Jesus, they can't stop talking about him and can't stop posting about him. You know what? For me, that just makes me get on my knees and pray and say, Lord, there is a door that is open. And you can redeem and you can restore and prodigals can come home. And we, Lord, we have prodigals in this house today, God. And we pray, God, that you would move and stir of generations of children and young people to come to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He alone has the words of life in a world that's very difficult. So the key here is that we not give up. We don't give in. We don't give out. We don't give up. We continue to focus on him. Now, there are two, two little studies here that I found that I thought were very interesting about success, us being successful in life. There was a study of children in Japan and a study of children in America. This was first graders, and the study that they were doing, they were going to see how long would it take for somebody to give up on a task. All right, For some of us, we would say, oh, as soon as we started, I'm done. Okay, now, Hopefully, that's not the case. Uh, but with these particular children, uh, the children in Japan, they gave up on the problem. Uh, there was an average of nine point, at, after at nine point four seven tries. I don't know how you do a point four seven try, but uh, they, you know, that, that's when they gave up. That's when the most of them uh, gave up. The American children, uh, they gave up after thirteen point nine three tries of, of doing whatever the task was. Uh, taking place, and what this study revealed uh, to us was that the barometer of set, success in trying to do something wasn 't necessarily based on who your family was it wasn 't based on uh, how much talent you had, how much brain uh, power you had in this study, this test said uh, the thing that was the barometer for success was that you didn 't give that you didn't quit. You continued until you were successful in what you needed uh, to do, not giving in, not giving up. And uh, and so they what they, uh, uh, in, in Germany, it was a similar little thing. Violin students, they wanted to find out why are some people average? Why are some people uh, good? And why are some people elite? Now, we know that there are those who are uh, greatly blessed, but please understand uh, everybody that you see uh, these musicians that play so wonderfully for us—they all started the same way, learning uh, hound dog. Okay, <laughs> you know, oh, one step at a time, only get there right. And uh, and they did, you know. Oh, I, people say all the time, you know. Oh, I wish I could play like you. Oh, uh, would you give hours of your life to it? Well, no. I don't want. I just want to play like you. I don't want to do all that work. And so, uh, and and so, uh, what they found was, uh, you know, there there were students who were average, good, and elite, and uh, and what happened was, they realized what correlated with being average, good, or elite was how many hours you practice, how much you put into it, how much you did. So, p- potential is tapped by persistence, by not giving up. And not giving in, and when I saw that, I thought, as followers of Jesus Christ, the one who uh, the, the people who follow the one who is the resurrection and the life, we should never give up, we should never give in, we should never get. Uh, We may be downtrodden, but we serve a Savior who will lift us up and put us on a solid ground. So we want to keep our focus on Him, and so we want to have persistent faith in our life. We want to have persistent hope. Even when things look hopeless, our hope is persistent. Uh, just like that widow, uh, and we want to have a persistent joy in our life when there is, a, you know, uh, heartache and struggle and difficulty all around us. We want to continue to sing the songs of joy and celebration because we belong to Jesus and we want to, as we talked about last week, we want to have a persistent love. All right. We want, we want to live in that love. Do you remember what it said in first Corinthians? It never fails. That love never fails. And I believe uh, in this story that Jesus told that we began in the beginning in our, in our prayer life, uh, our prayer life should be something that is continual and persistent. Continuing it. And here's the thing. Prayer is not something that you just do when we're in the sanctuary. We have an invitation to the Father through the Holy Spirit, through his word of God at any moment and any time to speak to him to share your heart, to share what is going on. He already knows, share it with him. And so we, you know, and, and when things don't go like we hope for, all right, we keep on praying. All right, I'm in one of those moments right now where I'm in a keep on praying moment for one particular thing to work out that has not worked out. Uh, I've been struggled struggle, difficulty, but guess what I'm going to do? Keep on praying. Praying and not give up. The story of Elijah. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But, uh, but that when he was at the top of Mount Carmel and they were, they were looking for rain to come. Uh, and he told his servant to go and look. And the six times he told him to go look. And guess what? There was no rain. Six times. All right. How many of us would quit it the second time? The third time. You wonder if the servant got excited every time he said, go back. Oh, are you kidding me? Perfect Father's Day analogy. Go back and do it again, you know. (laughs) All of us have been told that. No, it's done. No, it's not done. Okay, no. He kept going back one time, two times, three times, four times, six times. There was nothing. He comes back. Once again, Elijah, there's nothing. Go back one more time. I wonder how many times. I I don't want to know, rather, how many times in my life, if there had been one more moment, one more time where something could have brought a transformation. We want to continue to go forward. And what happened was he went back and he saw just a little bit of hope. There was a cloud. It wasn't a storm cloud like we've been seeing around here lately. It was the size of a a, of a man's hand, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, we know what took place. The the victory was there. The the water came, and all of that, uh, and and all that transformation took place. But as a picture to us, that when things don't happen just like we wanted them to at that moment in time, God didn't do exactly what we thought He would do at that moment in time. We don't quit. We keep going forward because ultimately there is a finish line that we want to finish well with. Uh, In our lives and uh, and what happens a lot of times and and here's I want to apologize for not being able to quote everybody. I've heard so many things through the years that I've written down on scribbles of paper. I don't know who said this, but this was an awesome saying. So I I just want you to know that I'm not that smart. Okay, All right. As I say this, he said, but said a lot of times we allow circumstances get to get in between us and God. When in reality, we need to let God get in the middle of our circumstances. And when I read that and thought of that I thought, I'd, I began applying it to my life. Lord, I want you to be in the middle of my circumstances and my situations and all that I am facing. We want to, and, and in doing that, we don't lose heart. Uh, we, uh, we continue to grow in patience and continue to grow in faith. Uh, Mark Batterson is one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite pastors, uh, because he he uh, tells great stories. He's got he's pastors in Washington D.C. They have a national community church, a great ministry uh, that is there. And he he told a story about a couple in his church, and this is in regards to that being persistent uh, perseverance. He said they were great prayer warriors, and they had seen many amazing miraculous things happen. They had prayed for people, healing, other things had taken place. Uh, in, in their ministry there at the church, but for this particular family, uh, the husband wound up losing uh, his life savings in a business venture. Uh, after some more time after that, they had a fire take place in their home. They lost three parents in one year, and a grandchild was discovered with a rare genetic condition. People had seen the miraculous, prayed for others, and things had happened. And all of these things were happening in their life. And, and the, the husband said that he was ready to give up. And then he read, uh, he read this in Luke chapter 7 and verse 23. And I believe it, uh, I may have it here. He said, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And in uh, the context of this particular verse is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist at this point in time in in Luke's uh, writing here uh, in in chapter 7, he's in jail and he's not long for this earth. Uh, He's about to enter into eternity. And John's disciples come to John in the prison and they tell him, you're not going to believe everything that Jesus is doing. The promise that we're looking for, it is him. This is him. Nobody can teach like him. The miracles that he does, this is awesome. This is wonderful. And John's, John the baptizer's response to this report of Jesus was asking, is he the one or is there still one to come? who was the first one to declare that he was the one? It was John the baptizer. You know, the dove comes down, the baptism. And, you know, behold the son of God, all of this type stuff. And and so what has happened here? They come and they give him this good report. Everything that you said Jesus would be, he is is that and more. And John, he has a moment. That's what I, you know, I, I haven't been in a, uh, first century jail. So I don't know how that would be. All right. So he's got a little moment there. And he's, he's struggling. And so he's asking, you know, uh, about this and, and what's taking place. So what's happening uh, in him uh, at, at, uh, with this uh, uh, particular uh, situation circumstances is that, that John is having a bad moment. He's down. He's discouraged. All these great things are happening through the ministry of Jesus. And now, you know, he's, he is about to be uh, martyred for his faith uh, in Christ. You know, all of this is taking place. And this is where the context of this verse comes in. Uh, That uh, blessed is the one who is not offended because of me. And you go on and you read the words of John, Jesus about John afterwards, after him, and catch this. He says about him, he said that uh, born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. And he said, But even the least of these is greater than John, because in the kingdom of God we are all saved the same way. We are all transformed the same way by the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And this verse for this particular couple and for this this man was very important to him because they were having one of those God I prayed for them and something happened I'm praying for me it's not happening like I wanted to happen things aren't changing like I wanted to change and he said that verse uh, spoke to him in a very powerful way uh, because he was having a, a what about uh, me he was having a, a, a discouragement and doubt and, and he, he said at this point I had to make choice I was either going to let go or I was going to pray through he said, I was, going to, uh, I was either going to give up or I was going to hang on. I was either going to be frustrated with God or I was going to live unoffended and trust in Him. I know that's a hard word. But then they, the, this particular couple got great encouragement. in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3. And uh, in, in light of the resurrection, it said, Consider Jesus, Him who endured such opposition, such suffering from sinners. Jesus endured, right? He went through the pain. He went through the heartache. He went through the struggle. He said, consider Jesus who went through that. If you're going through that today, please know Jesus has not left you nor forsaken you. He is with you in this battle, in this fight, and you will be victorious in him and through him. He says, consider consider him who endured so much so that you what? You won't grow weary and you won't lose heart. Don't grow weary don't lose heart. It's very easy to say it when, uh, when, when everything is going good. But when we're in the struggle, when we're in the difficulty, uh, when you have been uh, 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 trying to get this house, this house and this house and this house and this house, and you've been outbidded for every one of them. Okay? It's very easy to get discouraged in those moments and times. But you don't give up. You don't give out. You continue to trust in him. God is not working like I wanted to, but my trust is in you. So we have to remind ourselves and we continue praying. Why do we continue praying? Uh, Well, I know this. I know 100% of the prayers that I don't pray won't be answered. So I might as well just keep praying. And I have to remind myself this as well. As smart as I am and intelligent. Oh, that was, I didn't expect to laugh. Uh, Intelligent as I am. I realize I don't know the end from the beginning. All right, I do not know the end from the beginning, and I have been amazed and perplexed by God in my life, and His moving. He is He is God. I am not, and I have come. To, uh, that's a great source of peace and joy in my life. So here you you've heard this expression before. I don't know who invented it. I'm, I'm gonna say it. So I must never put a period where God has put a comma. All right, the story is still His. And the victory is still... He is. And, uh, and so we, we want to have uh, resurrection-type faith in our life and in our prayers. You think about Martha after Lazarus died. We know what happened. We know Jesus went and, you know, he came out of the tomb. All the, We know the end of the story. But when they get there, you know, Mary is so upset she's not even going to see Jesus. Martha's there. And uh, in John 11 uh, and, and verse 21 and verse 22, we see this prayer that or this conversation with Jesus. She says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus... If you had been here, all right, if you, I've, I've heard that many times in my life. If you had done this and done that. <laughs> if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Who's getting the blame here? It's Jesus. All right. If you've been here. So she is, she, she showed up at least Mary's not coming. She showed up. If you'd have been here, my brother would not die. And then this next verse, she makes a statement, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. When I read that verse, it reminds me and it will remind me in the years to come when things aren't working just like we want, when situations, circumstances, uh, people's choices aren't what we hope they would be, whatever it may be in our lives. We have this mindset, but I know Even if we want to praise resurrection faith prayers, and we want to have those kind of even if prayers in our life. It may seem this way, but Lord, with you, all things are possible. So I won't give up. I won't give out. And when I grow weary, I know that you will be my strength and my comfort. Uh, And, uh, you know, a lot of times we uh, we pray preventative prayers. Uh, We have some great Christianese uh, y'all know what that is, right? Anybody's grown up in the church, you've prayed for a hedge of protection for you. Uh, that's actually a biblical thing. Job, Job had a hedge around him that the enemy could not get to him. But uh, we say that. And then we say traveling mercies. All right. And uh, that's kind of a Christianese thing. But I actually looked it up. And uh, apparently in the mission movement in the 18th century, that's the kind of when they, would, when they would get on boats to go on mission field and they would bring their coffin with them. Because they knew that land that God had called them to, they were going to give their lives for. The people would pray over them and pray for those traveling mercies as they went uh, overseas to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, and and so, we want uh, you know, we want to have that kind of resurrection faith that doesn't put periods at the end of disappointments. Doesn't put periods at the end of it didn't work like I thought it was going to. All right, but it continues to say, God, you are still writing my story. You are still writing this story. And, and, and you are able to make all things work together for the good of those who serve the Lord. So the bad, the good, and the indifferent, I know you're able to do that, to do something transformative in me and use something transformative through me uh, as well. So we want that resurrection faith. We want that even uh, if faith. And, and when things don't go like we uh, want, we, you know, uh, we, we want it to be easy but if you've read the scripture here, God wants to stretch us. Why is he stretching us? So that we can be like him. So we can be like Jesus. You know, uh, oftentimes, and I'm, I, when I see my prayer, sometimes a lot of times my prayer life is that, uh, uh, that, that God's number one priority is my comfort and my blessing. All right. Pray with self. Uh, I I saw this quote by somebody about what a a pastor's job is and said, A pastor's job is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. (laughs) To keep us moving. James 5.17. The Bible says this about Elijah. We told the story about Elijah, you know, sending the servant, all those times, boom. Rain miracle took place. It says, and he says, Elijah was a human being as we are. He was a man just like us. He was a human being just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. So we see this great thing that took place. We see this prayer that took place that was answered. But And so we look at Elijah, and we look at these folks in the Old Covenant and, and in the New Covenant as well as we think of them as being superhuman, and, and that's why we don't have to uh, live with that same level of faith. But the Bible says here, Elijah was just like us. Well, they're just like us. I want to encourage you as well. Your answer is not found in another person. It's not found in another human. Oh, if that particular person would just lay hands on me and pray. Your answer is in Jesus Christ. We're looking for the answer in other places, in other circumstances. Look to Jesus because He is the alone. He alone is the one as our healer and our comfort. And so we want to look to Him in those moments and times. Uh, the, the, uh, the promises and prayers of, uh, of God are not tied up in other people. Obviously, we want to agree together. We lay hands. We do all of the things that Scripture says so that Folks can be made well, but ultimately we are doing is we're not looking to elevate a person. We're looking to we're looking to praise Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord for the miracle working power that we still has to this day. Uh, I want to share a couple of stories with you here uh, that uh, Pastor uh, Batterson shares and uh, and, 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 and about, how, you know, showing that it's his word and to stay persistent here in prayer. The Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, almost closed his doors in 1929. So visualize 1929. The, uh, the faculty, they got together and they began to pray because they were going to have to shut the doors. Everything was wrong. There was a, a man named, a uh, pastor named Henry Ironside. That's a great last name, isn't it? Uh, Henry Ironside. And he prayed, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Please sell, sell some of those cattle so we can stay open. Even before he prayed this prayer, there was a Texas ranger, uh, not a Texas ranger, yeah, a a Texas uh, cow person. We'll call him a ranger, okay. The people that took care of the cows. Yeah, rancher, there you go. Uh, Spell check, thank you. All right. Uh, A Texas rancher who felt stirred by God, an unction, all the different words, a, a, a nudge, a calling. And he said, you need to sell some of your cattle and go to the school. And bring them a donation. And so, uh, and, and the, the, the story is a little humorous here. Because the uh, secretary, the man came in and said, I've got some money here I need to give to help the school. She saw the money and she was, you know, she goes immediately and knocks on the door. And busts in the door where they're praying and they're all kind of looking. At her, what are you doing? We're praying to God. You're in here. Your and she, the story goes that she said, God just sold some cattle. And we can stay open. What, is, what stands out to me about the story is, while those folks were on their knees praying and seeking to God, the answer had already been taken care of. It was already on the way. They didn't know it. And so it speaks to us when something's not happening just like we wanted to. The answer may very well be on the way, but it has to be in God's right timing. And so we trust in him in that. Thank you, Lord. Another story, Dream Centers. I don't know if you know about uh, Dream Centers that have been started all over our nation. Incredible places. There was one particular in Alabama that Pastor Batterson references. It was an outreach uh, to uh, those that are in the trafficking industry, prostitution, all those different things. Uh, they mentor kids. They feed the hungry. Uh, you know, this is uh, a, a – uh, and there was a woman who had an unction and a desire to be a part of this ministry. So she, she left the job she had, and she began to work at this particular center. She said, through this journey, she learned daily dependence upon the Lord. We thank the Lord for our what? Daily bread. Daily dependence upon the Lord. And so God told her, once again, one of these little unctions. When we don't, we're not crazy when we say things like this. God speaks to us. It's not always Moses, you know, okay? It's in the heart and in the life. You know, it's an unction. It's a stirring. And, uh, and I've always felt like I'd rather be wrong than not go. All right? And, and miss an opportunity to be a blessing, but this particular woman uh, had this uh, had this little option, uh, that uh, you know you need to carry woolly socks with you today. Put some woolly socks in your purse. So the she in her ministry that night, she found this particular lady who was passed out on a doorstep, and she said she was very cold. So she got her. They took her to the center, and were getting her taken care of, food and all that kind of stuff. And so she just asked her, she said, you know, if 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 you could have anything. You want? What would you ask for? What would you want today? And she said, I'd love a pair of woolly socks. And, you know, not only did it bless this lady, but that young lady said, God was speaking to me. I'm being in obedience to what he's saying. And so he, she handed the young lady the woolly socks and the woman who received them said, said, oh, they match my outfit as well. Patterson made this statement about that encounter. He said, God is great not just because nothing is too big for him. God is great also because nothing is too small for him. Amen. God loves to show his compassion to others through us. We want to have that same kind of leaning in our lives. We want to have that same kind of uh, finishing well living in our life where we are guided and directed uh, uh, by the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and, and, we need to, we need to hear his promptings. We need to be open to his promptings. They come at any moment in time. And, and we want to, uh, uh, be reading the word and praying and all of those different things. And who knows, we may find ourselves in the middle of a miracle. We may find ourselves in the middle of a blessing. We may find ourselves being a blessing to someone. We had no idea we were a blessing to Many of us in here have a testimony that you were blessed by somebody else, and they have no idea the blessing that they have been to you in a, in whatever situation, circumstance. So, for every one of us, every day, we are as we are having that desire to run the race to finish well. Uh, you know, we, uh, we we may be on the verge of a a, a promised land type moment. Joshua three eight. Uh, as they were uh, taking this step into the water, uh, and, and the waters you know, uh, parting and all that, it said, "Tell the priests who carry the ark and the covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's water, uh, Jordan's waters, go and wait until I move." That's not what it says, is it? It said, "Go stand in the water." I think sometimes God's waiting on us to move. He's waiting for us to take that first step. Are we willing in our faith to put a foot in the water and let him open whatever doors need to take place? Now, there's one last thought I want to share with you today. Sometimes in our prayers, I believe every prayer is answered. I believe sometimes the answer is go. I believe sometimes the answer is slow. There's an answer out there. But it's just not the time for it. All right? Time's not ready. I believe there's a... Uh, I believe sometimes the answer is growth. The answer is yes, but we're not ready yet. We're not at a place where we need to be. Or, or, you know, or whatever it may be. we got to grow a little bit before that answer. And then we know there's the answer that's yes. But what do we do when the answer is No. We don't like no at any point in time in our life, right? Uh, but what happens when the answer? And how, you know, I know there was a country singer that sang a song, I thank God, for negatively responded prayers, because that's the more correct in, uh, way to say it. It's not unanswered prayers, it's negatively responded prayers. What do we do in those moment times? We trust in the Word of God. Deuteronomy 29 29 said, The secret things belong to our Lord. Now, anybody that's got a little age in here, how many of you would raise your hand? How many of you would raise your hand and you would... Well not raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I'm not know what you did. Anybody, you would know in your heart, you say, I look back and I have thanked God and said, Amen, that he didn't give me what I wanted at that moment in time. I thought this was the way. This isn't in my nose, but ironically, uh, about nine months after I got here, I had an invitation to go and be a part of a 2,000-member church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It wasn't God's plan. It seemed to be like a big deal, but that wasn't where God wanted me to do. Even more, ironically, nine months after Pastor Javon gets here, that same church <laughs> offered him same kind of thing it wasn't the timing and now i can look back and see thank you god thank you god for what i don't even remember what you know how the door closed or whatever if i closed whatever it was i just thank you lord that the door closed like it did so when those doors cl- are closed or, or we think they're closed what we do in those moments and we don't we choose to live unoffended we choose to live believing in god not giving up not uh, continuing to trust in him and uh, a, and in those moments and times, here's some thoughts because some of you may be in that moment in time right now. Some thoughts for us in that moment in time is to always guard your heart. We, we read last week from Scripture, don't let the enemy get a foothold. Don't let anger get a foothold in our life uh, and continue to trust. And what we think is unanswered times are also, sometimes maybe the, uh, the most awesome things that happen in our life when we look back and see how God has worked those things out. I want to finish well in my life for Christ. And in finishing well, I want to follow His promptings. I want to follow His leading and believe that God can move in us and through us. And I say to anybody in here who's going through a struggle, going through a difficulty, don't give up on Jesus because He didn't give up on you at the cross. And He won't give up on you now. Don't give up on him. He has a plan, a purpose for your life. He has gifts, talents that he's placed within you in a very special way. I found this quote this week by J.I. Packer in regards to our prayers. He said, God fixes our prayers on the way up. How about that? He fixes our prayers on the way up. If he doesn't answer the prayer uh, we made, he will answer the prayer we should have prayed
0: If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccambin.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566 and we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great. We